Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Today, I'm joined by Lara King, who fronts Sydney soul outfit Lady King. Lara, thanks so much for joining me for a chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. I saw a video you posted about an event called Dark Cinema on your Facebook, and it kind of looked pretty wild and pretty crazy. Can you tell us about what that event is and how you got involved with that? Yeah, so Dark Cinema is an event hosted by a new and dear friend, Nima is his name. He's been doing it for some time. You can tell the way that the event went. It was just really, really tight, like a really, really awesome space that we got to play in and yeah, I was connected to Nima. Well, I guess he kind of sourced me, in fact, through mutual friends. And then, yeah, he hit me a message. And so. And the video that I saw was pretty hectic. So it's kind of like a combination of music, but also this like visual. It's almost like you're inside a video, like this projecting onto all the walls, and you're playing a live set as well. And the people just get like bombarded with this crazy audio visual experience is that kind of how you would describe the event yeah that's that's exactly what he is trying to achieve as well um it's like a sensory overload it is so cool having the projectors behind and the visual um along with the music as well it's so special but that's exactly what name is about um is all these sort of visual projection displays with music Okay. So. so how much, so you were playing your set with Lady King. Were you also involved with the programming or he kind of does that and then this is just a, a blank canvas for you to play your set within? So he actually dedicated a few of his other friends as well um, for a, a set for each band. There are a few bands throughout the night. I think they're about four. So I had a beautiful Lady Ainsley. Um, who was doing the visuals for my set, but everyone had allocated uh, sets. Oh, right. Yeah. So Sohan, I remember, was doing another set. She's, she was another one behind the visuals. Yeah, so each each person got a turn at kind of having a go at with the projections. So did they l- kind of listen to your recordings first to get the vibe? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, okay. actually, Ainsley and I already have a connection, so when she was appointed my set I had a bit of a conversation with her about the kind of colours and themes that might sort of be able well, you could call, you could kind of see throughout my music and with my set so she just kind of went along with that yeah it was like a lot of galaxy kind of outer space shots that I said would be really cool for this section and um but she really it was really her as well using her own original footage too which is pretty cool that almost kind of reminds me of Hendrix. Because, yeah. yeah, that thing, is it synesthesia where you hear a colour and you actually, like, your brain... Sorry, you hear a sound and your brain, like, sees a colour? Yeah. I guess it's, like, forcing the audience to do that. But yeah. it's not just a colour. It's, like, all moving and going crazy and... Yeah, total immersion, I mm. feel. Um, 
it's kind of it was, <laughs> I wish I was almost sitting down watching it rather than playing because <laughs> it just looked so cool um we didn't obviously see it until we got the the footage back that Nima had recorded or a few uh, people were on recording it all so yeah to watch it back was pretty awesome yeah couldn't have couldn't have gone better really Stoked. Lady King is pretty new in terms of playing live shows. So how was that experience in doing something that was so... It's not just like playing at a normal pub or something and you just... You band on stage and you play it. It's such a, like, immersive experience. Was it kind of overwhelming doing that as maybe one of the first shows with this lineup? Yeah. Like, this isn't... I mean, we've done a few shows, like the pub stuff as well. But I guess as as things kind of keep going on I'm sort of realizing that with the music and uh, the just the the nature of my songwriting I guess I want to try to attract a more intimate kind of space or venue with people who are really listening you know um, not to say they don't like being background music but it's sort of this stuff kind of requires full attention in a mm. way so yeah we are kind of moving towards that like events and proper venues um, but the pub stuff is also still there too. I didn't really imagine <laughs> the type of uh, places that I'd be playing at. It's kind of just uh, evolved with how the music's evolved as well. I saw a gig at 107 Projects in Redfern uh, by this like psych rock band mm. and they had this projection as well mm. and it was all this like wild psychedelic stuff mm. and they actually had a like seizure warning Oh, wow. On the door. Crazy. <laughs> because it was such like a wild experience. Mm. It's like next level experience, experiencing a live band. Mm. <laughs> Especially psychedelic. I mean, I, mm. I've got some dear friends, Turtle Skull. Yeah, um, it's cool. Yeah. I like Turtle Skull a lot. <laughs> yeah, so um, Starchild does all the visuals for that now. It seems like he's a part of the band now too, which is awesome. Mm. He's putting on all these amazing displays with the music and that type of music just really requires that. It almost, yeah, just adds another level of, like, I don't know, appreciation <laughs> in a way. Mm. And you just journey so far and wide when you're seeing and hearing that kind of stuff. Mm. It is just crazy cotton candy vibes to a little kid. Yeah. It seems like your soul roots run really deep. You love, I think, Sharon Jones, Etta James, Marvin Gaye. Uh, you're nodding your head. These are all kind of artists yeah. that you're a big fan of. Yeah. I guess I kind of have a similar relationship with blues in that I love the really, the, the grassroots, the really deep level of that genre. What draws you to the really deepest depths of soul music? Uh, the thing I love most about soul music is... It speaks to me the most. It's really genuine. A lot of the artists are really singing about, you know, experience, like real experiences that they've had. And I can only really put it down to that. I really relate to, I relate to it the most. I didn't actually realise this until quite recently, I feel. In the last few years have I gone back to it, you know, as you kind of grow up, you're just kind of a sponge for whatever's cool and happening at the time. I definitely explored, I've explored a lot of music um, 
and I have a wide appreciation for all, but yeah, I feel like I've only really just come back to soul. Yeah. What was it that drew you back? So you were listening when you were sort of younger and because you've played in other bands and you've played a lot of instruments as well. Mm -hmm. So what was the key element that kind of made you realize that, oh, this is where your heart rests and that's the, the genre that you're really digging at the moment? I guess like it would have been a few years back, maybe going through heartache that I went, oh yeah, this really, really speaks to me. I mean, I've always been a big fan of, you know, strong diva, iconic kind of women musicians. I've always resonated with them a lot. I've grown up listening to it as well through my dad making me listen to Sade and Aretha Franklin and Carol King and, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of female musicians. But I really came back to soul, I reckon, through the heartache. And then from there, did I start writing music properly? And the melodies were coming out, you know, of that kind of tone. You know, that's all I can really describe it as. It just kind of came out of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> In terms of, I guess, the influences that you mentioned, do you think there's a link between, like, feminine strength and soul music? Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. a really hearty... Um, not, not that it always is, but it feels like, you know, people are expressing a lot more emotional content through the music and the chords that kind of come along with that and the freedom of melody as well with the voice when you're singing soul music. It's, it's a lot more freeing, I feel. Genuine is the only word I can really put it down to. Mm. Yeah, and I feel that a lot. That's really interesting hearing that. You're basically describing my relationship with the blues. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's really cool that we can have those parallel ideas. I'd like to talk about... So, Lady King is pretty new. You have released a single towards the end of last year called I Want You Bad. You, I saw that with that track you were working with Jonty. Yeah. How did that come about? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was so naive and just out there perhaps <laughs> when I was I remember it been like five years ago now, even six. And I saw that John T did this gig at Good God and there were strings in it and I thought that was so cool. So I basically just messaged him I think it was on Facebook back then and and um I was like if you need cello, like I'm your girl kind of thing. He's like, I am in fact recording an album at the moment. I would really love some some cello, so just met up, met him at his place and had a really beautiful day. Uh, I was super nervous because I hadn't really like spent too much time jamming with anyone other than my close kind of friendship circle. So we just jammed and yeah, laid down some strings on his uh, most recent album, Tokarats, and yeah, we kind of just kept in touch through there. I went away for a bit and he's we've had different journeys since but he we've always just been, you know, supportive of each other. His drummer is also Moses is my drummer now too. And so I guess since drumming with Mo, I think it's been a year now, Bijanti and I have kind of just hung out again and he's he's sort of said I need to repay you for what you've done for me. So if you've got some stuff that you need some help with, I'd be happy to help and yeah. I told him I'd recorded this track. It's, it's sounding good, but I just need another level of production 
I don't know where to get it from. And he said, let's just work on it. Another set of ears. Yeah, mm. yeah, really that. I just, I had um, had it recorded and mixed already with uh, the girls from Forces and Fury, Ashton and Kat, at their studio. And they'd done an amazing job on it, but it was just simply a live band recording at that point. But there was a part of it that I, you know, wanted to take it. There just needed to be more layers, a little bit more interest, just needed a little bit more touching up in a way. It was all there, but uh, Jonty helped bring that out, which is really cool. What a time to be alive. Yeah, And totally. that can be facilitated, just sending a message in like 30 seconds. Absolutely. And everything came from that. So lucky. Yeah, really, really cool. Well, speaking of the single, let's have a listen. Yeah. This is the single from Lady King. It is called I Want You Bad. Feels like we've met before. Somewhere down the line. In some other lifetime. Something about you that feels so right. I can't deny. I'm drawn by your presence.
was I Want You Bad by Lady King. That song, it is a love song, but at the end, I guess we kind of, the twist is that it's really kind of, seems like it's, you're finding that you're falling in love with yourself again, and it's kind of like the character changes. So it's a very strong first single. Is this based on something kind of, a realization that you had in your real life, which kind of prompted the message in that song? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I even feel like I wrote this song from a, you know, wanting to fall in love kind of perspective. But then as it kind of continues, yeah, I am realizing that what I need now isn't a man in my life. It's, it's just for me to fall in love with myself again. So... Yeah, I will say that the song totally reflects upon the time in which I wrote it. And music always does that, but absolutely. Was it something that evolved over a long period of time? You said before that you were kind of reflecting and how it changed. So was it documenting a long time or was it pretty... Well, no, I mean, I wrote the first verse chorus uh, at work in like five minutes. It was like the shortest amount of time I've taken to ever write anything. And on guitar too which I don't play at all okay. <laughs> so that's why I was so limited but then um, I brought it to the band that I was playing with at the time and they said you know this could work you got to add a bit more to it so then I just got to it and wrote the second half of it and they would have been within a few months of starting it and yeah okay we should talk about instrumentation yeah because you play lots of instruments so did you start with cello no, I just I actually started piano. Yep. Right. Okay. And so for Lady King for these recordings, are you playing a lot of instruments yourself? No, I am playing uh, keys and synth and just doing all the vocals. I was working with a band at for this single. Yeah. Mm. So for the recording, it seemed like it was a really collaborative experience. We mm. mentioned Turtle Skull before. Also, I think uh, someone from Racket was playing as well so that's for the recording how did you go about putting the band together for this lady king project for the recording or for the project so are they so the recording from the track that we just heard is that that's different to the people who play when you're gigging in the band which you've only been doing for maybe six months or yeah correct yeah Yeah. so um i'm good friends with charlie graydon uh we've had a long musical relationship and his partner ali's in racket and um, Sacco, Michael Sacco uh, has been a good friend. They're all local friends. And they were able to help me out starting out. You know, I had all these songs and I really wanted to have, I've always dreamt of having a band. Um, but being incredible musicians that are all just so talented and wanted, it was really hard to find like time to to rehearse and get things going, especially starting out with for me so um we took a bit of I took a bit of time off a lot of them all got busy and uh I mentioned that I'd met Moses we'd gone to school he's a few we'd gone to school together he was a few years older though so I was having lessons with his mum she's a vocal teacher I went back to lessons for a bit and I made the connection that his mum was his mum and he Recalls walking past the room, the studio at his house while I was having lessons and going, oh, I like his stuff. That was cool. We just got talking again, just social media. And, um, yeah, organised a few jams, just hanging out 
um, at his place and I felt like family pretty quickly as well, knowing his mum and dad. So Mo showed keen interest in helping me out, which was so, so awesome for that period of my life where I kind of felt like, I don't know anyone who's going to want to jump in on this. It's super new as well and I'm new and I'm not sure, but uh, being able to branch out from, say, your circle of friends, it was really, really cool that he would support that. And um, oh, I forgot to mention meeting Billy, my boyfriend. Um, he, I met him probably in that time where I was looking for another band to, to start out and he was super adamant on me to continue and he was, again, really, really supportive and he was already in from the very first day, so um, he was encouraging me to just reach out to find a bass player and a guitarist, and that's exactly what I did. So I was able to find Brenny, who plays bass. We shuffled around a few guitarists, and now we've got James Fuller playing guitar. So that's our that's our band for now, and it's awesome. So with the songs that you play in your live sets, are these songs that you have kind of written earlier in previous projects or just had floating around or have they all kind of had their genesis with this new group of musicians that you're working with i'd say um they're all songs i've i've written throughout the past two three years um there's a lot of newer ones as well that are complemented so much better with the band you know i'm writing my writing has sort of been from the band more than just me singing playing keys mm. so usually when I write it is just when I write it it's just me playing piano singing trying to, to fill it out but I put it to the guys and I usually do voice bass lines or beats what as best as I can I can't play drums okay. <laughs> but uh, they pick it up pretty quick yeah right so is it a different kind of perhaps to if you were songwriting a couple of years ago now being with this group of people does it it sort of changes your approach oh absolutely thinking about it more maybe holistically rather than just keys and vocals definitely yeah yeah and yeah so the writing has just been able to get a bit more complex and just reach different standards say to what I would do usually with just playing and, and singing yeah so in terms of new music do you have another single on the horizon or have you been thinking about recording with this new group of musicians? Yeah, definitely. we got some exciting stuff in the works. Right I on. feel, I feel, yeah, very confident with this new group recording this year at some point. An EP length would be the next go, I'd imagine. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll catch a single in sort of early 2019. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess... The single that we've had so far, it's very, it's lyrically strong. It's a new concept, but do you think that Lady King as a project has maybe is projecting a message that you is sort of intertwined with the lyrics that you're writing? Yeah, definitely. Lady King, I mean, I didn't really think much about the way I would kind of be perceived, you know? with people listening to, to my stuff and I never really thought much for what people would get out of it. But in fact, as as time goes on, I'm learning that, you know, what I am and what I'm trying to serve through this music is just, you know, I hope to really inspire a lot of other females out there who would want to be doing this stuff, you know, being 
fronting, fronting a band and having a band behind them, but feel so comfortable about it because it is quite a daunting industry. You know, when you sort of when you're in it, you sort of realize how how tough it can be as a female. And so, yeah, I guess as the project goes on, I just want to. I hope that I can encourage other women to just do the same thing. Um, so the music in a way is kind of just it's opening me up so much more as well like stuff that I'm singing about now I wouldn't I wouldn't be singing about it years ago okay um it gets quite personal at times as well but um yeah it's pretty exciting I'm all for more female fronted bands Mm. uh that's what this podcast is about so (laughs) I can dig that message as well yeah It is time for Tell Me a Thing, the segment where I have a list of seven topics and I ask you to choose one. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, Patti Smith, punk rock, poetry, death and politics. Lara, can you please tell me a thing? I can tell you a little bit about musical equipment. Okay. I guess when I actually when I started out with, you know, wanting to write music and whatnot, I actually wanted to write um, or go down that path of electronic, experimental, cello-y vibes, <laughs> which is pretty... Electronic yeah. cello. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was super interested in it. Um, I actually studied and did a sound and audio diploma because I really wanted to kind of immerse myself in that world. And yeah, it, that was quite a bit of a techie time as well. I was listening to a lot of house deep house and minimal kind of stuff okay so you um, really have uh traversed the genres (laughs) (laughs) totally but um yeah i will say that musical equipment um i guess my cello is do you have an electric cello i've been looking at it for a long time um i've just got a really i've just got a pickup at the moment that kind of does the job but yeah one day for sure um i love the idea of being able to be that whole one woman loop celloy kind of thing. So I know a lot about guitars, but very little about cellos. What are the kind of different? So you have a normal kind of acoustic cello, and you mic it up. But what? How much does the world open up when you have an electric cello? You're like using pedals, or well, it just makes. I mean, you're getting when with, when you've got a pickup, you can still get whatever you want out of it. It's just with the the wraparound pickups or the ones that you can just kind of um, put take take off or put on whenever you want, they don't really capture, like, the most pure sound, especially the low frequencies. They just get lost and the higher ones as well, you know. So when you've got an electric cello that is, like, catered to be amplified, you're going to get a lot more clarity in the overall sound so when it comes to doing atmospheric stuff looping stuff you're going to get a lot more out of it um yeah i've had issues when you know running my cello through the loops where the subs just kind of like they phase out and it just becomes 
lost. Right. The the real sound quality just gets mixed up in it all. So with the acoustic one, it all kind of like washes to the mids and you yeah. lose the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But do you ever use pedals through a cello? Can you do that? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I run my loop pedal and I've got a few other like reverb Y pedals as really? well. Yeah. That'd be gnarly. Yeah. Could you have an octave pedal? Yeah, probably. You can also just do octaves on the cello. But what about like the... L- okay, sure. Um, oh, the low lows? Yeah, like low low, yeah. but then like low lower. Yeah. Because I have an octave pedal that goes down two octaves. Yeah, sick. That would be crazy through a cello. Yeah, I've run it. I've I've run my cello through a mate's guitar pedal board. Um, thing is, you just need to have four hands is all. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you're okay. playing, you're holding these drones and all these notes and then you kind of got to tweak at the same time. So still finding a way around that. I know that there's a lot of people out there that just run it through MIDI controller or whatever where it's all kind of designated and ready to go. When you hit a button, it sort of sends off whatever effects you need. But, yeah, you can definitely run an electric cello through pedals. Acoustic, you can with an external pickup, but it's not as clear and powerful you'd lose the gnarliness of the lows exactly I guess. yeah yeah okay. well electric cellos electric the way ch- of the future yeah well i <laughs> hope so hopefully i can incorporate it in my sets at some point it'd be super cool i would like to see you play an electric cello yeah that's how we're gonna end this podcast <laughs> <laughs> lara thank you so much for coming on women who rock and having a chat thanks so much for having me Stay with me cause I want you back. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do SER 107.3.